What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Podcast. I'm your host, Olin, aka MMA Anomaly. We're going to be going over quite a bit in this one because it's been about two weeks since I've done a video. So, in this episode, I'll be going over the events of UFC 279, UFC Vegas 60, as well as the upcoming fight card next weekend. And as usual, the contest is still going on until next video, so make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and smash that bell for notifications. That way you are entered in the contest to win some MMA Anomaly swag. And last thing before we actually jump into the fight coverage here, any and all video clips that are used in these videos, I do not own the rights to. The video rights are owned by ESPN, Zufa, UFC, Disney, The House of Mouse, etc. It's not me. They own it. I'm just using the video so that way you guys have something extra to watch here. So jumping right into UFC 279, we had Nate Diaz going in against Tony Ferguson in the main event after a crazy shuffling of the entire event due to people missing weight. By people, I mean Kamzat Shemaev. He's people. He missed weight by like eight pounds. It wasn't even close. And then he, he didn't seem apologetic about it. We'll get into that next, though. So Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz. It's the fight that most of us fans wanted to happen in the first place, so we ended up lucking out in the fact that we got it. However, other than the fact that the MMA gods blessed us with a finish at literally 2.09 left on the clock from Nate Diaz, Mr. 209 himself getting the submission via guillotine, it was a beautiful finish, but both of these guys looked like shells of their former selves. Um, realistically, I, as much as I hate to be that guy and I hate to say this, I think it's time for both of these men to hang up the gloves. Again, let me know what you think in the comments below. Do you think that Tony Ferguson will be able to make a run at 170 after that performance? And what do you think is next for Nate Diaz? Do you think he's going to be able to go and handle up another sport like he said, like boxing? I don't know. Moving into the next fight, we had Hamzat Shemaev going in against Kevin Holland. Mr. Batman, Mr. Blackman, the superhero himself, trailblazer, big mouth. Call big mouth, right? He'll handle up on anybody. Um, I honestly... I knew going into this fight that Hamzat had far higher chances to win. He's a grappler. We've seen Kevin Holland struggle with grappling in the past. However, Hamzat turned full heel. He misses weight by like eight pounds, flips off the camera, is unapologetic about the entire situation, and then ends up getting a different opponent in Kevin Holland, goes out there, fakes the glove touch, and then just shoots on him, and it becomes just a grappling extravaganza. One strike was thrown the entire fight. One strike that landed from Kamzat. So, I mean, it, it was a crazy fight. It was a little bit of fun. It was a lot of bit of fun, if I'm being honest. But I'm not a fan of Kamzat's whole heel turn, him being the bad guy. Just not a fan. Mixed martial arts is about respect, and there was a vast lack of respect from Kamzat in that fight. Um, I do look forward to seeing what's next for Kevin Holland. As of today, he said that he is retired from MMA, that he made some money, and now he's out. Uh, I think that he's trolling, and uh, I hope he's trolling. We'll see what's next for him. Either way, my biggest takeaway from that fight is the fact that Kevin Holland's grappling looked better than ever. Even though he did end up getting taken down and taken out, his grappling showed vast improvements against a very, very strong grappler and Hamzat Shemaev. And Kevin Holland lost no stock in that fight. He took the fight on short notice, literally like a day's notice. And, I mean, he fought a stud that faked a glove touch and instantly went for a takedown. So, I mean, nobody's mad at Kevin for that. Now, addressing the biggest elephant in the room, a.k.a. the biggest loser of UFC 279, Li Jingliang. This guy worked on his English for weeks, for months, so that way he could actually hold his own at the presser. 
because he was going to have a seat at the big presser before the pay-per-view. He bought the nicest suit he's ever bought, probably the most money he's ever spent on an outfit. And then what happens? A backstage brawl breaks out right before the media day, right before the big presser. And for the first time and only time in UFC history, the presser gets canceled. Li Jingliang doesn't get to wear his fancy suit in public and show the, his, his English skills to the press. And on top of that, instead of having to fight his original opponent, they end up putting him in there against D-Rod, Daniel Rodriguez, who, mind you, was about eight or nine pounds heavier than Lee. And I know you're thinking like, wow, man, you're right. That really is pretty crappy. Biggest loser on the card. That's not even where his struggle ends. He goes out there and wins his fight. But due to incompetent judges in the sport, they give it to his opponent. His opponent then goes on, on the mic like days later and says, you know what? People are hating on me for this fight. Um, you know, I, I'm willing to give him a rematch. He literally said he's willing to give Lee a rematch. And then what gets announced this week? D-Rod versus Neil Magny. What in the actual hell is going on here? So again, the biggest loser on the card's gotta be Li Jing Liang. I'm actually a fan of D-Rod, so I'm not mad at him for the way it went. I mean, I think he said this as well. Like he's not the guy judging the fight. He just goes out there and does his job. He's fighting. He fought a good fight. But he just didn't win that fight, in my opinion. And in the opinions of a lot of other people that watch that fight. Moving into last weekend's card, UFC Vegas 60. We had a few fights that I want to talk about, mainly the top three. So we had Andre Touchy Philly going in against a very game opponent, up-and-comer Bill Algio. Now, I personally thought Philly was going to come out here and win the fight with his veteranship, which is exactly what happened. He wasn't able to get the finish. He got the decision win. And I thought that he actually looked really good out there. He showed maturity. He showed improvements. And he showed a lot of growth in not only his game, but his mindset in there. He wasn't worried about, you know, the crowd so much as he was worried about going out there and doing the things that he's really good at. And when he does that, the guy's a stud. So it was a very make or break night for him. I think had he lost, had he been on the, the receiving end of a knockout or a submission loss, he may have lost his job. He may have gotten cut. But here's the thing. Andre Touchy Philly is a beast, and the only person that's able to get in his way right now moving forward is going to be Andre Touchy Philly. So really, really pleased and really happy to see his performance out there, and I cannot wait to see who's next for him. In the next fight, we had Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Mr. Chitty and Chukwani going up against Gregory Robocop Rodriguez. Now, first things, first things first, I love that Dana calls Gregory Rodriguez Greg. So I think from now on, I'm probably just going to call him Greg, Mr. Robo Greg, Mr. Robocop Greg. Guy literally got busted open, had a connecting little cut or not little, a connecting huge cut, like a canal of a cut bridging the gap between his eyebrows. And somehow, some way, the doctor lets the fight continue. And then Mr. Greg goes out there and puts it on Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and puts him away about a minute and 27 seconds into the second round. What a stud, what a performance. And I mean, this guy literally is the definition of improves every single outing. I can't wait to see what's next for him. I think the middleweight division should definitely be paying attention and a lot of them should really be scared. Moving into this next fight, we had Song Yadong, who just, again, somebody who lost zero stock in this loss, went up against Corey the Sandman Sanhagen and I, the fight went pretty much how I thought it was going to go, to an extent. I thought Corey Sanhagen was going to go out there and just utilize the footwork, 
utilize his hands and boxing and just honestly have a masterclass of a performance on the feet. What instead happened is we saw Song Yadong might actually be one of the strongest and heaviest hitters in that weight class. He hurt Corey Sandhagen on the feet. He had him wobbled. And Corey realized, hey, if I'm on the outside of his punches, he's delivering a lot of power. If I'm on the inside, I can land up elbows, really clean slicing shots. And as soon as he busted that eyebrow open, it was a target. It was literally like X marks the spot on that treasure map. He just started tag, 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 hitting the same exact spot every time, whether it was with his fist, with his elbow, etc. And he busted it up, busted it up. And I think he knew that if he kept going to that spot, the doctor was going to have no choice but to stop it. And otherwise, what's crazy is the judges actually had that 2-2 going into the final round. I don't agree with that at all. I actually had it 3-1 for Sanhagen going into the last and final round, or the fifth and final round. And again, the incompetency in judging is wild, but I guess I could see how the judges scored it for, for Song. I, I definitely would say that Song won the first round. I'd like to see or hear these judges explain how they saw him winning any of rounds two, three, or four. Um, again, absolute masterclass with the elbows, the footwork, and just being an absolute master of his craft as far as boxing in mixed martial arts. Uh, great job to Corey Sanhagen. Really looking forward to his next outing. I think what's next for him has to either be a title shot or a title contender shot. Moving into the card coming up this weekend, I just wanted to touch base on three fights here real quick. So we got Miss Jessica Penne coming in against Tabitha Ricci. Um, Tabitha Ricci has looked stunning in her, her first few outings here in the UFC. Again, somebody that seems to show growth. Um, she's seven and one compared to Jessica Penne's 14 and seven. Definitely a huge discrepancy when it comes to experience overall in the octagon. But Jessica Penne has been inconsistent. She's come back from layoffs. And again, she's been inconsistent in her wins and losses. I think she tries to wrestle Tabitha Ricci, tires herself out in the first round, and then Tabitha Ricci ends up winning a decision. Moving into the next fight, again, we have a battle of the veteran versus the young up-and-comer. We've got Randy Brown going up against Francisco Trinaldo. Again, Francisco Trinaldo, 28 and eight. The guy's an absolute beast, incredibly strong, incredibly durable, and incredibly game. Guy who always shows up. But across from him, you've got Randy Brown. He's 15 and four. Guy's an absolute tank. He's a stud. And if he hits you with them hands, you're going down. So I don't think this fight's gonna be any different. I realistically think that Francisco ends up coming out very pressure heavy, but ends up being on the receiving end of a knockout from rude boy randy brown and in the main event we have two absolute showstoppers when it comes to the women's divisions here we got mckenzie dern going up against yan zhaonan I, I just think yan zhaonan has looked incredible she's very good somebody who shows constant improvement in every single outing but you just can't get past the fact that mckenzie dern is probably one of the best strawweights in the women's division it's just a fact so I mean, Mackenzie Dern, she's she's incredible. She constantly improves. She's always been a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu standout. But since having Jason Perillo in her corner, her boxing and her willingness to walk through the fire in order to damage her opponents has gone up tenfold. I think this fight is going to be a coming out party for her. And I think that she's going to make an example of Yan Zhaonan and put the entire strawweight division on blast. Again, let me know what you think in the comment section below. Like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications if you haven't already. 
And again, every comment that you leave on this video or any of the previous videos up until next week's video will get you entered into the chance to win some MMA Anomaly swag. Um, I'll let you choose what type of shirt you want and I will have that shipped to you shortly. So make sure you comment below. Let me know what you think of the video. Let me know what you want to see more of. And uh, as usual, thanks again for stopping by. I look forward to seeing you all in the next episode. Later.